Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. So we are in uh, week five, the final week of our notification series. You have an invitation. And um, uh, we, uh, we began five weeks ago looking at that, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but I don't know, have you ever, have you ever misread or, or, or just missed the signs? Okay, so there's a sign on the side of the road and, and you've just missed it or you've misread it. And I, and I love uh, some of these pictures. So here's this sign. I love this one. If you hit this sign, you will hit that bridge. That's quite obvious there. I like that one. Um, here's, here's, here's another one. Can you read that? How many of you read, what if I told you you read the top line wrong? What does it actually say? What I if? It's quite clever that. How many of you honestly read, what if I told you you did? Yeah. How many of you didn't? You're lying. You all did that. Okay. And here's a slightly tongue-in-cheek American political one, all right? So please don't forgive me. I love Americans. Ban pre-shredded cheese. Make America great again. I love that. Come on. That's funny. That's really... Do you not get that? Flipping it. I'm going to have to work hard. So there's reading signs. There's re- the 9.30 crowd were much better. I'm only joking. No, they really were actually. So there's signs that we misread. But how many of you have bought something like an electrical product and you didn't read the fine print? Okay, so here's a couple. Uh, of this. So caution. This activity involves a hot iron. This is, a, uh, this is an iron. Do not iron while wearing shirt. Like who is going to do that anyway? Here's another one. Um, a hairdryer instructions for you. Do not use while sleeping. I don't know how you can do that. This one, microwave warning, do not use for drying pets. Please don't try that. And then this final one, an iPod, do not eat iPod shuffle. Don't try that. I mean, that's the fine print. Okay, and reading the fine print is important. And five weeks ago, we looked at the go-to invitation that Jesus gave uh, always, which was he said to someone, hey, here's my invitation, follow me. Just follow me. Okay, and he invited people to follow him, and we looked at that five weeks ago. And he said, it doesn't matter what you believe, it doesn't matter how you behave. And five weeks ago, several people here uh, said, I'm in, and, and, and they began, and they, and they said, yeah, I want to follow him, which is amazing. But you know, then as, as, as you begin to follow Jesus, there's other invitations as well. So we looked at the invitation, Jane looked at the invitation when Jesus says, come and eat. I've got food for you, I've got spiritual food. And Andy looked at, you know, come and drink. I've got spiritual drink for you that can satisfy your thirst. But you know, the reality is that the longer you follow Jesus, there comes a point in that journey when actually he gives you the fine print. And he says, you can follow me whatever you believe and however you behave, and that's fine. But as you follow me, something will be changing in you. And then what he does is he gives them the fine print. And what he did 2,000 years ago is he turned around to his followers, the ones who were following him. And the Bible said there was a big crowd of people following him. And he gave them the fine print. In fact, it occurs on a, on a day when um, he'd done one of his big miracles, okay? And it's a miracle that you may have heard about, the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, it was actually more than 5,000 people. He took a, a lunch of a little boy, five loaves and two fishes, and he blessed it and prayed for it. And they distributed it and they fed everybody, thousands of people. And it was a miracle. And then, and then later that day, he walked on water. So it's a good day. Like it was a cool day to be a follower of Jesus. And the followers of Jesus are like, this is amazing. Like you turn, like you, you walk on water and you turn a packed lunch into a banquet for thousands. We're going to follow you. And then Jesus says, that's great. But let me give you the fine print. Because I wonder how many of you are following me for what I can do for you 
rather than following me for just who I am. And then, and then he, he echoes these words. You read these words more accurately in the in Gospel of Luke for what I want to say this morning. So let's just go here in, in, in the Gospel of Luke, um, chapter 9, verse 23 to 25. And he says this, Then he said to the crowd, so these are the crowd of people that are following him and they love it, okay? And, and they're watching him do the whole walking thing and all of that and they love it. It's great following Jesus. It's so cool. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, yeah, that's me. Because then we get to walk on water and we get to feed the 5,000. You must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are, but are yourself lost or destroyed? Now, when I read that, that's like, that's really hard. Sounds really, it doesn't sound exciting or cool, does it? It's not like walking on water or feeding the 5,000. So, so I thought, let's go to a modern translation because maybe it softened it up a bit and it'll make it a bit easier for us. So let's go to my favourite go-to translation, the Passion Translation. See if this is any softer, more palatable. Jesus said to all his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your life for my glory, you will embark on a discovery of more and more of true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you'll lose what you try to keep. Even if you gained all the wealth and power of this world, everything it could offer you, yet lost your soul in the process. What good is that? It's not any softer, is it? Let's go to the message. Because that is the one that definitely softens it all and makes it really kind of nice. Here we go. Then he told them what they could expect for themselves. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. I mean, who does that? Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? <laughs> See, whatever translation you read it in, it doesn't get any easier. Jesus is saying this is the fine print. And here is the big idea I want you to go home with today. To have the life you want means letting go of the life you have. And if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, I want to be really clear. We want to invite you. You don't have to believe it all. You don't have to behave it all. But you have to let your life go. You have to say, I want to let go of the life I have in order that I can take hold of the life that I want. And if you are a follower of Jesus today, as we come up to the Christmas season, I want to challenge you and I believe Jesus wants to challenge you. Are you going all in? Are you all in? Or actually, have you invited him into the back seat or the passenger seat and you are still in the driving seat? And Jesus is really clear. And the Bible says that as he began to teach like this, so the crowd got smaller and smaller and smaller. And they all started to do what you and I do when we don't want to follow anyone anymore. We block them or we unfollow. And that's what they did. And they unfollowed and they blocked. And I'm not liking your posts any longer because I'm out. And that's exactly what all of these followers of Jesus did. Apart from, 
apart from that small group of people that we call the apostles or the or those disciples. And a guy called Jim Elliot, who was a Jim and his wife Elizabeth. In fact, Elizabeth came to our church many, many years ago. Many years ago, uh, Jim uh, and Elizabeth Elliot were missionaries in South America, and they took the gospel of Jesus to people that had never heard about Jesus, and they received that gospel. But then they turned on them, and Jim lost his life. Literally lost his life. He said this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep because you're going to lose it anyway to gain what he can never, ever lose. And I think when you look at these words, you know, take up your cross and follow me. You know, you've got to lose your life in order to find it. It seems a little bit like upside down. What did the words mean to those original group of people that heard it? There were 12 followers of Jesus, as you know, and Judas, the one that betrayed him, was replaced with Matthias. So those original 12 there, uh, what happened to those 12? Well, James, he died by the sword. Luke, he was hung by the neck. Thomas was pierced through the back with a spear um, in India. Philip was tortured and crucified. Matthew was stabbed in the back in Ethiopia. Bartholomew was flogged to death in Armenia. James the Just was thrown off the city wall. Simon the Zealot was crucified in Syria. Judas Thaddeus was beaten to death with sticks in Mesopotamia. Matthias was stoned and beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. John was exiled to the island of Patmos, only having survived being burned alive in hot oil. Every single one of those 12 guys that heard what Jesus said literally took it literally. And they lost their lives for the one that they'd given their life to. And I want to say, that's what it means to go all in. Now, it doesn't mean for you and I that we will literally lose our physical lives, although we could. And the reality is there are people, Christians, followers of Jesus all around the world who are literally living that out as we speak. You know, there are more people who've lost their life for Jesus in the last hundred years than in all of the 1900s put together. Right now, you've probably seen on your news this last week, 14 people were killed in a church in Burkina Faso in Africa because they were Christians. That's why they were killed. And our friends in Albania, two of the girls from our church in Albania are, are missionaries in a, in a country which is very difficult to be a follower of Jesus in. One has been there 10 years and one has been there three months and the one who's been there 10 years and uh, has been contacting me a lot the last couple of weeks. It's really tough. Twice they've had the police come and pull her out and, and threaten all kinds of things. Just a few months ago, an Iranian Christian who just met Jesus came to this country because he thought it would be easier than in his own country. And some local people cut his tongue out. Just two weeks ago, a Korean missionary was killed by a 16-year-old person in, in, in their community. And, and, and there are people right now who are doing what the Bible says there. They're literally giving their lives because they want to follow Jesus. They have literally gone all in. They've literally gone all in. But what about us? What does it mean for us a few weeks before Christmas? What does it mean for you and I to go all in? Because maybe it won't mean that we'll have our tongue cut out or that we'll lose our life or any of those things. Maybe it won't be. What does it really mean for you and I to respond to the notification, the invitation that Jesus says to go all in? You see, I wonder how many of us say we're following Jesus, but actually, and I want to be really humble about this because I know I can be like this. Actually, we're asking Jesus to follow us. We're like, like yeah, come in the car, but, but you're in the passenger seat because I'm in the driver's seat. So actually, Jesus, I want you to come with me and I want you to make me feel better about my life, okay? But actually, I'm going to drive my life. 
And that's what we've actually, that's, that's what follow actually means. That we're not following him, we're kind of asking him to follow us. And there's a word, there's a four-letter word that none of us want to hear in church. Ready for the four-letter word? In fact, it's a four-letter word that nobody wants to hear in culture. Nobody wants to hear this word. In fact, this is a four-letter word that is almost like people would say, you said that word. Do you know what that four-letter word is? Deny. D-E-N-Y, deny. You deny yourself. Jesus says, deny yourself and take up my cross. Deny, that's against my human rights. If I want to say who I am, if I want to identify as who I am, that is my inalienable human right, is what our culture says. And yet Jesus comes along and says, do you know what? You've got to at times deny yourself in order to take up my cross. You've got to lose the life you have in order to gain the life that you say you really want. So, so what does it mean for us to deny ourselves? You see, I believe that destiny is not a mystery. It's a decision. It's a decision we make when we're faced with the choice of whether we're going to go all in to follow him or whether we're not. One of my um, kind of favourite but sad, saddest stories in the Bible is of this guy who meets Jesus one day. And he was a good guy, a really good guy. In fact, this guy had the three things that our culture says are the three most important things. In fact, if, you know, these are the, this is like the Holy Grail. The Bible says this guy was rich, young and powerful. I mean, those are the three things, isn't it? If you're rich, if you're young, and if you're powerful, you've got it all. And this guy, the Bible calls him the rich, young ruler, rich, young, and powerful, came to Jesus one day and says, Jesus, you've got a life that I want, that I don't have. How do I get that kind of life? How do I get that kind of life that I can see that you're living, that other people are living? I want it. How do I get it? The Bible says Jesus looked at him. He said, you've got to sell everything you have, and you've got to give it all to the poor. Now, he never said that to any other rich people. So he never said it to Zacchaeus, who was really rich. He said it to this rich young guy because he knew, because he was Jesus, that that was the thing. His wealth was what was stopping him, following him and going all in. Now, to you, it might be something else. To you, it might be power. To you, it might be relationship. To you, it might be your home. To you, it might be all kinds of stuff. It might be popularity. It might be friendship. There's something that's stopping you going all in. And Jesus says, you've got to give that up You've got to let that go. You've got to deny yourself so you can have the life that you say you want. And the Bible said that he turned away and he left. And Jesus looked at it and he was sad. The Bible said Jesus was sad as this guy turned away. And he was sad because he saw all the energy in this young man. He saw all the potential in this young man. He saw all the life that this young man could have. But this young man wasn't willing to go all in. He wasn't willing to deny himself in order to have the life that he said that he wanted. And I love this, this quote from a guy called Mark Batterson. It says, anything less than the complete surrender of our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is robbing God of the glory he demands and deserves. It's also cheating ourselves out of the eternal reward God has reserved for us. So I want us to do a little bit of self-diagnosis today. Not medically, because that would be weird, okay? But a little bit of self-diagnosis. Are you and I you know, because if we say that if you're a follower of Jesus today, then you're saying, and if you're not, that's fine. You can sit back and relax. Doesn't apply to you. If you're saying you're a follower of Jesus, you're saying Jesus is Lord of your life, correct? My question, is he Lord of all? Because if he's not Lord of all, then maybe he's not Lord at all. And what does it mean for you and I as followers of Jesus to go all in? So 
Is Jesus Lord over our decisions? The decisions we take, are, are we saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not what do I want to do and will you bless it? But Lord, what do you want to do? Is he, is he, is he the Lord over your desires? Deny. <laughs> We're coming up to Christmas, okay? Lots of alcohol, lots of Christmas parties, lots of stuff, lots of opportunities. Can I just say to you, look, I'm not a prude, okay? And I'm not a, you know that, okay? A lot of fun and all of that. Can I just say, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, okay? Please, is he Lord over your desires and your appetites? When it comes to alcohol, when it comes to Christmas parties, when it comes to relationships, because don't say he is on a Sunday morning with your hands up, okay? And then on a Friday night at the office party when you're wrecked and off your head with alcohol. The Bible says if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not, knock yourself out. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible says, the Bible says that drunkenness is a sin and grieves God. It really does. And I'm seeing a growing thing in the church, in our culture now that, oh, we don't want to deny ourselves. You're so old-fashioned. You're so religious. No, I'm not. What I'm actually doing is doing what I think the Bible teaches. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5 verse 18, don't get drunk on wine or gin or vodka. Put in whatever is your favourite tipple. Don't get drunk on that, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Because you give over control of the direction of your life and of your appetites and your desires and your decisions and your actions when you give that over to alcohol. So actually, when we go full in, we're saying we're going all in to following you, Jesus. We want you to be in the driver's seat. So you are Lord over our desires and our appetites. What about over our finances? What about over our emotions? You know, is he the Lord over our emotions? In January, we're going to start a new series called You're Not the Boss of Me. And for six weeks, we're going to look at emotions and how they lead us and drive us. You see, we have a boss who's bigger than these bosses. So the boss of greed and jealousy and envy and fear and all those emotions, they don't have to drive us in 2020 because we have a boss who is stronger than that. What about, is he the Lord over your mouth? What about, is he the Lord over the words that you say? You know, I was um, really moved yesterday um, to read uh, the, the, the sad news uh, in many ways of, of, of the passing of one of the great uh, evangelists that the church have known across this, the world, really. And many of you will know the name Reinhard Bonnke. And um, Christ for All Nations is, was based here in the building. Several of us have been involved. I used to work for this man years ago in my early 20s. And he went uh, to heaven yesterday and passed away at the age of 79. What an incredible, incredible man. And having known him personally and knowing his heart and his character, his integrity, nearly 80 million people have given their lives to Jesus through the ministry of this man. So when you think of Billy Graham and you think of Louis Palau and you think of Rainer Bonnke, three, probably the biggest evangelist the world has ever seen. But I remember years ago, Rainer came and stayed in our house with my mom and dad. And I remember, I remember he was quite an intimidating guy in some ways, very passionate, German, very forceful. I remember like as a young guy, just hearing him talk at breakfast about reaching the world for Jesus and Africa being saved and everything. And just the way he just lived for Jesus and everything that he could say. And at breakfast, he was as passionate as he was in front of thousands of people. It's a little bit intimidating. I wanted to say like, do you want more muesli with your breakfast? Or, but he was like, I'm going for it. Because Jesus was Lord of his mouth. And everything he says, and you know, you know, I, I want him to be Lord of my mouth. And, and that's a big job. <laughs> but, but when we go all in, we say, Lord, don't just come and follow me. God, I want to follow you. So to go all in means that you're Lord of my mouth, that you're Lord of my thoughts, that you're Lord of my emotions, that you're Lord of my finances, you're Lord of my desires. You're the Lord of my character. 
You know, you know, you know who you are is like your, who, what you have is God's gift to you. Who you become is your gift back to him. And so do we want to say, hey, I want to go all in. If there's something in my character that's grieving you, I want to give that back to you. I want you to come. I want to deny myself in order for you to move into me. What about your energy and your passion? You know, last week, Andy updated you all on um, our church in Albania and of the earthquake that happened two weeks ago. And on Tuesday, this Tuesday, I'm going to go out um, with, with Nick, one of the guys in the church, and we're going to literally go for 24 hours. We're going to fly in on Tuesday night, fly out on Wednesday night just to be there. I just have to be there. I want to put my arms around our guys. I want to see what's going on. And, and I, just, I just look at these young guys. Many of these leaders in our church there are in their 20s. And Yeton, who's the pastor, you know, two months ago there was an earthquake and half of his house was damaged and he had to move into the one side of the apartment. And then when this other earthquake happened, the whole house has been damaged. The whole family have had to move out. There's 10, there's at least 10 families in the church and they can't live in their homes. And when, when they moved out two weeks ago, uh, many of them left and they went, they were evacuated to other towns and cities. And I totally understand that. But Yeton said to me on the phone, he said, I'm not going. He said, my family are going, but I'm not going. He says, because I'm not just the pastor of the church, I'm the pastor of this community. And he stayed, and some of them stayed, and they, 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 go, they went out every night, and they helped the pull bodies out and, and people out of uh, buildings, and they, they took food to people. And they're 25, they're in their 20s, and they're going all in. And in fact, um, Lediana, one of the girls who you know, she was here a few weeks ago, she sent me this message yesterday. It says this, we went to the hospital today. And Swada, who's one of the other leaders, she's a nurse um, there. She said, Swada met a couple. They'd lost their house during the earthquake. The husband had many fractured bones. We sent some clothes to them as they don't have anything. In the end, we asked if we could pray for them. Now, bear in mind, this is an atheistic country that was, okay? Uh, and the man said, I really need prayer. I really need peace and healing. And as we were praying for them, they started to cry and invited us to go again. Also, we gave them a coupon to come tomorrow and take a food bag. We believe this is an open door and that one day, maybe they'll come in the church and meet Jesus for themselves. That's a group of people that are going all in. I don't know what, they've had 800 aftershocks. They're in real scared. And I don't know what I would do in that situation with everyone say, I want to get out of here. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a celebrity, get me out, you know? But actually they've said, no, we're going to go all in. We're going to make sure we're safe if we can, but we're going to go all in because life isn't just about us. We want to be able to give up the life we have in order that we can receive the life that we want. So what about you guys this morning? In fact, in the response time today, we're going to give you an opportunity to pray for Albania and also to give financially as well. That's what that envelope for is on your seat there. But you know, we can do that. Many of us can do that and it won't cost us anything, really. But what will it cost us as we come up to Christmas to say, do you know what? I want to go all in Jesus now. I've had enough of messing about. You see, maybe some of you are followers of Jesus, but you're bored. If you're bored as a follower of Jesus, you're not all in. Because if you're all in, you ain't going to be bored. In fact, I didn't say this earlier on, but, but you know, there's an interesting story in the, in the Old Testament where, where the Bible says that God called the people of God out of captivity and he was going to take them through the wilderness into the land flowing with milk and honey. In the wilderness... They get bored of the whole thing. And the Bible says that, they, that God provided this, this quail and, 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 this, um, uh, uh, and, uh, and milk and stuff. And it, and it was white and it was wet and it tasted sweet like honey. It was almost like they tasted a little bit on their lips of what the real thing was about. 
And that's what a lot of followers of Jesus are like. We get a little bit of taste on our lips, but we don't go all in. And we wonder why we're bored. We wonder why we're bored. We wonder why we're fed up. We wonder why actually we think, oh, Jesus, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we've not gone all in. And Jesus invites you and I to go all in with him. And you know, when we do go all in, then we realise that actually, we realise that we get this incredible life. In fact, this, the other version of this, uh, the words that we looked at earlier on in Mark, he said this, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Here's the thing. We all know we want to save our life, okay? And we all know we'll all lose it. But here's the thing. When you choose now to give your life to Jesus, you get your life in the end. But when you hold on to your life now, you lose your life in the end. It's like this upside down deal. And here's the thing, you know, when it comes to that point, when you are face to face with Jesus, like Reinhard was yesterday. Reinhard walked into the presence of God yesterday. No regrets, I don't think. And he heard that, well done, good and faithful servant. When you get that moment, and every single one of us will, Anything that stops you following Jesus now won't be worth a jot then. You'll really wish that you'd given that up then. You really will. When you get to that moment, when you get face to face with Jesus, you'll say, why didn't I give that up? Why did I let that stop me going all in? That's worth nothing compared to this. You know, you're, you're never too young and you're certainly never too old to go all in for him. In fact, the other, the other Sunday morning, I, I was stopped by an older lady in this church who, who, who wanted to talk to me. And she had to literally hold on to my arm because she couldn't walk very much. But she shared with me about how she was in a supermarket and she ended up sharing her faith with someone in the supermarket and praying for them and inviting them to church. And I thought, come on, you're never too young and you're never too old to go all in. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get on a ship or a plane and go to China or India or anywhere else. That doesn't, that's not what it means to go all in. It means that you say, this life that I have is not mine. I want to give it to Him who gave everything to me. And if I hold on to what I have, then I lose the life. But if I let go of the life I have, then I receive the life that I always wanted. And that's what it means to go all in. So what is God saying to you today? And what are you going to do about it? In the last 10 minutes that we've got, We've got a variety of different ways that you can respond. You can sing the song with the band, with the team. And it's a great song. It's an old song. For those of you that remember the 90s, it's a 90s classic song. And it's just a response to, to what Jesus has done for us. And we just want to say, thank you for saving me. And I want to go all in with you. And you can do that. Maybe for some of you today, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never really gone all in. Maybe you say, I'm not a follower, but today you want to be. And you don't know it all, and that's okay, neither do I. And you don't behave like you should behave, that's all right, neither do I. But you want to say, I want to go all in. And you can do that today. A couple of people did that earlier on. And you can do that as well. And you can go up to the cross at the back and just write your name on, on a little bit of card and, and, and just place it in the, in the bucket. And you're just making that decision to go all in. Or, or maybe if you are a follower of Jesus, you could come and you could take communion here or at the back. And the Bible says when we take communion, we should examine ourselves. Again, not medically, we should examine. And what that means is a little bit of self-diagnosis. I'm a follower of Jesus, but am I going all in? And maybe as you take communion, you could say sorry to Jesus and you could, 
you could say, hey, I'm all in. I want to be all in. God, would you take control? Would you be Lord of all? You can do that. And then the final one is, you can go and light a candle and pray for our guys in Albania. Or you can give financially over there as well. On your uh, seats, there's an envelope there. If you're going to make a checkout, it's Life Central Global. You can do our text giving, online giving, put the, your card details. Anything that's in the envelope or in those buckets will go to the earthquake appeal that we are setting up. Guys, why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? So what is God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? Jesus, you went all in for me. What am I willing to do? Am I willing to go all in to you? Jesus, I pray that in these moments now, as we finish and as we respond, God, would you just move in our hearts, I pray. Lord, we are so, so grateful that you went all in for us. God, now I pray that we would be people who go all in for you. In Jesus' name, Amen.